0: Welcome back to another episode of My Dog Has Fleas, featuring our friend and fellow trainer Carlos. Alrighty, Carlos, take it away and let us know what we're talking about today.
1: If you if you had Amelia as a puppy, where would you take her to socialize right now?
0: Ah, good topic. You know, um...
1: <laughs> what
0: was that? <laughs> ah, because this is good stuff. Okay. Uh, talk about sensitive dogs so when I got Amelia I didn't know that Amelia was struggling with what she has I didn't know she had anxiety or fear or anything like that Um, she her bio in her her bio from the rescue it was not correct and I don't know if she was overshadowed by her siblings and they just never realized but I find it hard to believe that this went unnoticed
1: what was on it what was
0: on the bio um that she was uh she's a smart dog um she was the first one to climb out of her pen um you know friendly like happy-go-lucky stuff and I didn't know but you know you know we picked her up and she wasn't like your normal puppy that's like very confident and you know wagging their tail and so happy to see you it was just she was kind of like reserved we I held her the the person passed her to me in my arms and then we took a picture and then we like kind of loaded up got into the car and then drove back over the border um yes and but she didn't sit with me the entire time she sat with Devin and when we got home she just took a liking to me and she would just kind of gravitate towards me and look for me find me want to sit with me all that kind of stuff um and then I started noticing like when Devin came near she had like a bit of resource guarding. She would snap, and you know, she would do things. And I had visitors come to meet her. You know, people. Wait, were but when
1: was that? How how early on was that? The the resource guarding.
0: Uh, she was four months when we got her. So. Oh, uh, she came late. Yeah. yeah. So when she came and she started doing all those things, I was like, oh no. And then when our our friends came over to meet her, and she still wasn't like she wasn't curious. She wasn't trying to meet them. You know, she wasn't showing any interest in them. She sat tucked away behind me on a chair and I thought, whoa, like something's not right, you know? And then it really just came to be known that she had, she had fear. We thought, you know, we walked around the block one time and she was digging into the ground to get back home. You don't know what to make of this situation. Like, are you afraid? Are you just like excited to go home? Do you just not like, I didn't know what to do. Like I didn't even know that she was like, stressed out i had no idea um what she was feeling and so i hired a trainer it was so funny i hired this trainer <laughs> and um i said like hey you know i think my dog has like some issues she's got fear and she's a street dog and um she was like okay can you come by and before a, a class and like i can try to give you some pointers so I wasn't able to get there on time and then I showed up and she had a class starting, but she was like, she looked at Amelia and she was like, yeah, um, didn't really give me much. And then she just said, yeah, street dogs are a different, uh, different breed. You're going to have to YouTube that. <laughs> and I was like what? I was at a loss. Like I didn't know what to do. Like I just adopted this dog. I lost my dog. She was a great first dog, Trina. And then I adopted Amelia. And I thought, you know, the funny thing is, is like, I didn't want an older dog because I didn't want a dog with behavioral issues. And I got a puppy and she came with them all. So I was like, oh no. So I didn't know what to do. I just started training with her, you know, doing small things in the house. And then we went to class and it was more of like the social environment for her. They put her in the, um, you know, the little pen to have the puppies kind of like play with each other. And Amelia wanted nothing to do with them. She she actually, they they separated her and put her in a smaller enclosure and she stayed there by herself while the mm-hmm. other dogs were playing. And I was like, so she's also afraid of dogs. Um, her fear was so bad that she was afraid of parked cars. Like it was crazy. Um, the only thing that she wasn't afraid of, which I was surprised, is like noises in the environment, like na- nature. So and planes. She would look up at the sky when she saw like or heard a plane. So I was like, okay. I think they were kept outside a lot. It's, it's hard to know exactly. You know, like, I don't know how much I would trust now, uh, seeing as, like, the bio was not right. And they matched me with her. I, I was given a choice of two dogs. And they said, well, I think Amelia would be better for you. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Um,
1: Maybe because you didn't have uh, kids at home. Me? Yeah. No, she, any... she grew
0: up with kids. There was kids in the house. Oh. So.
1: so what was, what was there? Because they, they must have looked at your bio. And I have no put, put idea. Two and two together.
0: I Her mom came up a little while after. And I kept seeing her show up on their Facebook. You know, she's, she's available for adoption. She's available for adoption. And you would see something like they have an adopter or potential adopter. And then I reached out and I said, hey can I take some photos of, uh, I'm, you know, um Abby is her name and, you know, see if that'll help, you know, stir up some interest. And she goes, it's not that they don't have interest. It's that the Abby is like standoffish when meeting new people. And then I was like, Oh, like I didn't know that she was having such struggles and then it, it came full circle. This is why Amelia is the way she is. Like if you're only with your mom and your mom is distrusting of people, why wouldn't you pick that up? I I think she was adopted um, like a year later. She stayed with her fosters for a long time. Um, And and that must have been really tough because she was an adult dog trying to be adopted out with, you know, um, such fear. So, yeah, but I forgot your question. What was it?
1: (laughs) Where would you take her to socialize now? Or what would you if you got her at the four months right now? What's next?
0: I'm surprised you remember that question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's right
1: in front of me as one of the one of the articles that i was i was just looking at um about uh where can i socialize my my puppy but it's this is this is good because a lot of people it's that's where it starts like you socialize where they need to be socialized not just any place and if had you known that information you May have done things differently, not just as far as where you take her or how you take her, but if you even take her, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, some things I wonder, like if I had the right approach, like did I cause her to be worse? Would she have been in a better position? Um, you know, like hindsight's always twenty twenty, but it's not really with Amelia because she was late in the game, socialization window closed. So I don't really know. But I did take her to like the dog park um, while I was figuring her out and she stood on a rock. She was so afraid and she just stood on a rock and I was like, "Okay, we need to leave. Um, So then it was she it it was slow, slow introductions. Um, She went to the class, sat in her little corner. um, And then I think it was I brought her to a friend's house and they had a dog. And I think that was like the first time that she was around a dog like on a one-on-one level so that was great.
1: So where where would you where would you take her now or like would you go around a park if you knew what you knew.
0: <laughs> we don't have enough time in this podcast to talk about Amelia. <laughs> Everything that Amelia does has to be thought out, have to have a backup plan. You have to have like everything well, that,
1: that wouldn't be yes to a different intense intensity but it wouldn't be that different with any any brand new pup that someone gives me now that's true we we'd we'd have to go with the mindset as if they were potentially an amelia that we just don't know of yet to be able to to adjust um because yeah it's it, it's it's tough going into any kind of social setting. It's been okay. We're going to be for five minutes there for forty-five minutes, and then the mm-hmm. dog has checked out ten minutes in. Oh, no, nope, we have thirty-five to go.
0: <laughs> yeah, Amelia wouldn't even go into the the school.
1: Right. So that like, in itself is saying a lot.
0: Yeah, that was big. Amelia was a handful. She's come a long way. So now her social circle and her socialization opportunities have grown. Um, But she is five years old and it's taken us a very long time to get us here. So I just recently signed her up for a rally obedience class before, you know, things that take place indoors, I wouldn't even consider because of our experience when she was younger. So there's different things that I have her in now. So we're doing barn hunt, which is outside. And, you know, I've talked to the instructor and we're doing it on a private basis. So as she builds confidence and as she gets better. Uh, we can have other people present. She is able to be around other dogs. Like she's not afraid of other dogs now. She's great. She's still a little bit weary of people. But if you have a dog, she's more trusting. So things go a lot smoother. But just an inside situation, uh, it sometimes it's it's overwhelming for her. So, But I am, we're planning, it hasn't started yet, but we are planning to go to a rally obedience class and we're going to see how that goes. And I think she'll be fine. But it's building like a lot of her her comfort and her, her resilience and, you know, just helping her to feel safe. And, but at the beginning it was, it was hard. Like, yeah, like, you know, you go to dog school and you're like, my dog's going to be great. I'm taking them to doggy school. And then your dog doesn't excel at doggy school. Right. It was so hard. It was so sad to see her by herself in like a little pen, you know, and the other puppies were having a good time. And it's sad to say because the other trainer, she didn't really, offer me much in terms of like how I can help Amelia she kind of kept her eyes on the puppies that were playing but didn't really help me to build Amelia's confidence or help her to feel safe in that moment you know what I mean like we were all just kind of like watching
1: yeah no that's not fun for anyone
0: yeah so I would have uh, guidance um yeah that's a big
1: lesson for for any any trainer um. Heck, even a canine coach at, at a dog daycare, especially those on cameras, right? Like, it, find some way to include the dog there. And Even more so if it's a service where the pet parents are there. Everyone has to feel included. The owners have, to, the pet parents have to understand to what extent their dog can be included. But everyone should feel included. And um, yeah, in your class, you should have felt like, hey, well, my dog can't but they're still trying to do this and this equally as with the other dogs. Are.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's hard with socialization opportunities and setting yourself up for success, success, because you don't actually know which way it's going to go. Like there's people out there who take the dogs and they mean, well, their intentions are great, but they fled the dog. And the dog is like, Ooh, can't handle this. And then there are people who their dogs are amazing and they haven't done really much. Right. So it's like, it it, definitely the approach, I think everything in moderation, try it in small doses, um, nothing over the top. So like one thing that I see, when I'm training is I'm asking clients, you know, what, what social opportunities do they have, like, specifically with other dogs, just for them to get to be a dog to learn how to play and how to uh, pick up on social cues. And, you know, there's so much going on in their development when they're playing, how can we, um, give them this this outlet and they'll be like, Oh, I'll do doggy daycare. And it's so worrisome because doggy daycares don't have a drop in where you can say I'm gonna leave the dog for a half hour, or it's usually like four hours minimum, and that is too much. And the dog, if the dog is on the more sensitive side and is not as outgoing, that dog is left to their own devices during that entire yep. period. Like, you know, sure there's someone around. But there are other dogs and sometimes there are are many dogs and that can create a negative experience for the dog as well and set you back.
1: Have you seen those um, videos on on TikTok and Instagram where they introduce the dogs and they at at daycare and they say this dog is the jumper, the greeter, the the playboy. And then they have the introvert, that's how they call him. And he's literally in the corner away. And you're hoping that's just for the video but chances are that behavior. dog is gonna that way the entire time, um, and I've I've seen that during my daycare sessions. And I would try to get them to even hop on a leash. We can get them walking a bit, and the daycare mm-hmm. itself would be like, "No, you can't, you can't do that because it doesn't look good on camera." So I d- didn't really care. I wanted to have the dog join in some way, even for just five minutes. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's not an ideal setting. I definitely wouldn't start with a with a daycare. But yeah, like yeah. I just said, some dogs will will hit it off from from the moment they're there and they love it every second but yeah it's not catered
0: i took uh, trina to a doggy daycare um she was older by this time she was like maybe three or four years old this is um when i moved out and i was living in an apartment and uh she had separation anxiety so i took her to the daycare but i didn't realize that her anxiety was so crippling that like she didn't even thrive in the daycare either she with the oh.
1: um yeah and so she how was- old was she then she was
0: like uh three, four.
1: When she first did the daycare,
0: mm-hmm, and it was a oh, smaller, yeah. a smaller outfit, you know, like there wasn't a lot of dogs. Um, it was like a storefront, and then some dogs in the back, and it was run by a vet tech, and you know, it had good reviews, and everything was great. And I spoke to the person. We did a trial, and every time I picked her up, she was wet. She was. I was like, <laughs> I don't understand what is happening. So, um. You know, I picked we her have up that slobber
1: dog on, on duty there. Yeah.
0: So them. she like her entire neck was full of <laughs> oh, saliva. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what yeah. is going on? Someone's um tried
1: to play with her.
0: Yeah. Well, no, it was her. She was salivating so much, she had so much anxiety, oh, she was salivating. What? So much. And so I would have to bathe her every time we got home because I was like, this is excessive. Like, and then, you know, I'd ask them, like, how did she do? And this is before we had cameras, right? So I couldn't just hop on and check in and see how she was doing. I would ask them, like, hey, how is she? How is she today? And they're like, oh, she was great. And I was like, okay. And they'd be like, oh, she has one friend. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. And then after, like, I don't know, the third time, I was like, how is she really doing? Because this is the third time I'm picking her up, and she is wet. And they were like, yeah, she's not doing well. (laughs) I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, like, she shuts down. Like, we try to take her on a group walk. And um, this is a place that was near Hyde Park. So they would take the dogs to Hyde Park and kind of walk them around or, you know, nice neighborhood. And she they would say like, yeah, she'd stop in the walk and we'd have to take her back home. And I was like, oh, boy, they try to walk her by herself. She doesn't walk by herself. Tried it with the group, doesn't walk with the group, had her one friend, sat on the couch, just waited for me to come. And I was like, OK, this is not working out. And Did was- she
1: even bond with, uh, with the person, with the attendant uh,
0: there, Do you know? I I wouldn't think so I don't know like she was a friendly dog like so if I was there and we just showed up to the store she'd be great hello everybody I'm great my name is uh, Trina (laughs) but when I left her there it was like like you know a total 180 like suddenly I had a shut down dog if if
1: they can't even walk her mm -hmm. you would think she'd want to walk away in the hopes of maybe finding you
0: oh along the walk. dude we've had situations where she used to run away and go look for me so like that's why right. i i actually said to them like you need to make sure she stays put because she is she's a runner she'll go look yeah.
1: so she and... didn't find uh comfort in it anyone there really or anything
0: no just this one dog who was her friend and i i don't know how much of a good friend she was to right. the dog. That's, so yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah there's that too because at least when you're picking her up maybe there's some kind of uh you see some kind of a affiliation towards the person that had handled her to some extent, but if that's yeah. not even there, then
0: yeah. So. Like she didn't look forward to going there. You can clearly see that. No. So that's like, that's a good indication of how your dog is feeling. But again, like I was, couldn't leave her alone and I couldn't bring her. Like I really had no choice. And I was hoping that things would work out. And it, it you know, socialization is something to be taken very delicately. Um, it can it, people with the best intentions can can really ruin the the situation. Um yeah. And it's
1: it's so hard to fix, man.
0: It is because once that emotional damage is done, it's emotional. Like this is emotional. now we need to undo. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, But I mean, there's a lot of people that are like how you were, where they had no choice, but I'm, I don't know how far into it people go as to figure out, okay, well, I have no choice, but how is it going as opposed to it's just going, but we don't really know how or we know it's not going well. But you know, that's the only option I can do. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it.
0: But thinking of social opportunities, like, so socialization, just period. So I'm looking at Amelia and I have Rue. So Rue's also a street cat there, um, rescued as well. And uh, I think it was a 14-year-old girl raised this litter. And Rue was phenomenal when he came. Like, he wasn't a shy cat. Um, You know, he goes and introduces himself and talks to the people. And he's always around and, and stuff. And Amelia is the one who's like... Don't come here, (laughs) you know, would rather not have anybody talk to her, pet her, look at her. She kind of wants to be left alone. And it's so interesting to see uh, the difference in their personalities, having come from kind of the same, you know, Amelia wasn't, I I don't know exactly what the story was. Like, I know she was born on the street. I know that a family stepped up to take them in. I don't know what her socialization was when she was younger, like between that three week mark and, you know, the four months that I got her was you know was the family actively taking them places and doing things with them was it too much for her hard to say hard to say but uh social opportunities are coming now it's you know five years down the line but that's that's as long as it took us to get here um obviously we had to repair damage and and build it up but uh for the the average pet owner you know I think Ian Dunbar has a book out and says like, you got to meet like 50 new people a day. So socialization is not only just dogs. It's everything that your dog is going to encounter in life. You kind of want to have positive experiences. You want to expose them in a positive way, very strategically, you know, um, make sure that when you're taking them places, you're not flooding them with, you know, uh, one mistake I made. Oh my goodness. I took Amelia to the Canadian Pet Expo. Had no idea. I had no idea that this was going (laughs) to be a terrible experience for her. You know what I mean? Um, I took her to Woofstock and we went with two other dogs uh, and she was okay. I'm not saying she was good. Yeah, she was okay. And and these are the things that I look back on now and I wonder like, had I not done those things, like, where would you have been, you know? But I didn't know. And coming from the dog that I had and having Amelia, I just kind of like, I just did everything as I did before nothing really changed, but the dog in front of me changed. The dog itself was very different. Um, Trina, we would ride the bus together. We would be on the train. We went on a boat. We went whale watching together. We, you know, like we did some crazy things together. And, uh, she was always right there, right there with me, you know, sitting on a patio eating. She would, she could do that. We can go to a baseball game. She can do that. Amelia is very different. And it, it took a little bit for me to learn that. I wish I can go back now with all the knowledge that I have and provide a better situation for her. Yeah. But, you you know, for the average owner who's listening to this, you do want to make sure that your your dog between the ages of three weeks and let's say 12 weeks, 14 weeks that you are exposing them to to positive things. You are making it a positive experience for them. Dogs retain information if it is positive. Um, nobody, everybody always remembers the negative, right? Dogs are no different. So you want to pad them. You want to pad them with great experiences, ones that they enjoy. And so that one time that that scary thing comes around, they'll be like, eh, been there, done that.
1: Oh, I took my last two dogs to the Pet Expo. They did well, but man, it's, it's, Yeah. And there's one coming up next month, but it's it's quite uh I'm very careful as to who I recommend to take their dog there. It's quite the experience, but for the dogs themselves uh the shorter the better um and you never know what kind of what kind of dogs you're gonna you're gonna get there It's definitely saddening to see a lot of the tools that we maybe don't like mm-hmm. uh being used, but you know it's a free country but mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's definitely quite a lot so i could I could not see Amelia. Being there, I could see her maybe being outside, just kind of watching a Mm -hmm. little training there, but uh, sure, she can be on the outskirts, she can't be, yeah,
0: in the middle, yeah, she can't be, but
1: that's exactly, and that's exactly what I would love to do with more dogs around the dog park Mm because they it, it can be so, it can do so much for them just around, just around the dog park, in and out a little bit, um, the vicinity, but not like, hey, here you go, let's pray for the best. And then, uh, yeah, that's the other there, thing. It. A
0: lot of times, people will turn to the dog park, and the sad thing with the dog parks is we don't know who the dogs are that are in there. We don't know their temperaments, their personality, their preference, what anything. their training is. Um, you know, and it's it's kind of a free for all. So, my advice, if you did want to take your dog to a dog park, is to go on off-peak times when there are like two to three dogs that are there, um, so they can at least get their foot in the door, explore a little bit but not be overwhelmed with the amount of dogs. Like dogs get overstimulated. Even other dogs looking at them can be overstimulating. Um it's overstimulating for me as a person to go to the dog park and have many dogs around. Like that's not my forte even when it comes to training having many dogs um in my presence. It it makes me a little nervous. Not that i'm worried it's just it's just a lot to handle um you gotta make sure nobody's you know picking on one dog or you know they're not obsessing and fixating and you know they're not pestering this this other one and um yeah so yeah i
1: mean we're we're trying to pick up on that so we're extra (laughs) so you're always yeah and i almost tell people to the point where if you don't have semi or at least close to perfect recall don't even um don't don't go there because it's when you do need it and it's still gonna be hard to get it's probably gonna feel some type of way about what's going on and likely simply just react to it it's so hard for them to just walk away from it sometimes but if you don't have the recall to help them walk away Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's and and a lot of times that
0: that recall you need to kick it up a notch like you're just rover come is not going to work you need to be just even more exciting than that dog that's in front of them like and a lot of people don't because I think it's a little embarrassing for them but um I take my embarrassment as do I want to be embarrassed that my dog hasn't come or do I want to be embarrassed that I made a fool of myself and my dog showed up but yeah for sure you you do want to make make sure your dog's got some sort of um basic behavior that are that are fluent enough that puts you in a safe space that something goes sideways you can you can get your dog out of there
1: and the same goes with the facility you choose to take them to. If they if they don't give you that transparency of uh, what's actually going on, and you have to ask three times to, to find out, or maybe when it's too mm-hmm. late you find out, and either they get in they get put in a crate, or they call you and you have to. Um, yeah kind of well I've dive. even
0: had situations with like other clients like I had a past client that told me that one of you know they were watching on the camera they went to one of the da- the doggy daycares and um, their dog got cornered by some other dogs and the attendant didn't even notice and they had yeah, to call yeah. and say please go and rescue my dog and it, they were on the phone the entire time talking so you know really trust who you are who you are leaving your dogs with check out you know their their knowledge base have places that have cameras like if this is your only opportunity that you have um but you know make friends make friends with 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 people with with dogs that you trust and and give them those kind of outlets as well doesn't always have to be among 20 dogs you know what i mean it could be a small circle of of a safe safe group of dogs right 100 percent All right. Well, thanks, Carlos. That was a really good conversation and great topic of socialization. Obviously, we do not have enough time to go through everything that we would like to. And there's more to come with Amelia and just getting the audience to learn more about her and the issues that I faced with her um, and all of the progress that she's made. Uh, So I'd love to share some more with you guys. Uh, I hope this podcast uh, episode was helpful for you if you are looking into socialization and you're not sure what to do I hope this gives you a bit of information on where to start what to look for and as always stay tuned for the next one and uh, we'll see you there